Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. Welcome everybody. It's Josh, your host. And uh, it's officially into the offseason. Last week I talked a little bit about what we were going to be doing. Just kind of chilled, had some thoughts on the season and transitioning into next season and making sure that we weren't i would suggest you go back and listen obviously but um basically i'm going to tell you the gist right now so you don't have to go back and listen i'm terrible at this i know but basically just don't hold on to things too tightly you got to be able to adapt and that's what we're going to be continuing to try to do But this week, I wanted to go over some of last year's takes, but I'm not going to be talking about my in-season takes. I'm going to be talking about my off-season takes. And so really, we're going to be going back to a year ago from roughly now or next week, really. And I figured the best way to do this was I'm going to actually go through episode by episode, and just kind of hit on a highlight, something that came out of it, um, what was relevant. Some of these are even going to be evergreen, so I'm going to point those out. Some of them you can go back and listen to even now and get some things out of them. I was going back to listen just this last week, and it was pretty interesting. But let's just dive in start with a year ago, episode 70. Now, this is episode 111, so essentially... Going back to last week, that's 40 episodes in about 51 weeks, so it's not too bad. I'm not a full-time podcast, but pretty good amount, guys. So 70, episode 70, it was injury by lows, and it was players that I identified that had mid-season injuries, and when they returned, they didn't seem to quite be themselves. But people were forgetting that they'd even had an injury. And by the end of the season, we're looking at their totals and their per games and so on. And we're only remembering the second half or the the games after their injury. And that was kind of uh, affecting people's perception of them. For example, Tyler Lockett, he had a pretty serious leg injury but it was right before their bye week, and so he actually didn't miss any games, but he really wasn't 100% until the fantasy playoffs, like week 15, 16. And he had big games then, but he had some really lean weeks. It was something like week 10 through 14 or 15, and a lot of people were really down on him. And it's actually not that dissimilar from right now, where People are really high on Metcalf going forward. Meanwhile, Tyler Lockett's like wide receiver eight. He had one huge game and then just solid production. And so people are kind of figuring that it didn't really, he wasn't deserving of a wide receiver one for fantasy because he just got it in the totals, but he really didn't help your team as much as you'd hoped. But on the other hand, he probably wasn't your wide receiver one to begin with. So you got wide receiver one points at the cost of a wide receiver two or three uh, because you were easily drafting him in the sixth round. 
And so I, I'm sorry, I can't be too mad at it. If you had him, I don't see, I, ha- I had him on teams and teams that lost were just one third place, right? Second, third place. I, I don't care. He, he was worth it. I paid what I paid and he returned that investment. Also talked about was Alvin Kamara and how he wasn't really himself second half of last season either. He still produced, but he just wasn't himself. And then this year he comes in healthy and suddenly it's the old Kamara. He's having these amazing games. Yeah, because he just wasn't healthy. I even remember one broadcast where the commentator reporter said they talked to him about that. And how he just he just couldn't cut. He just wasn't quite himself. And I thought that was really interesting that, you know, a whole season later, we were finally actually recognizing that and talking about it. And then David Johnson, who I thought was being kind of maligned for his second half of the season, but he came back from injury and he came back to a just losing badly team. And they traded for Drake and and all these things in Arizona, right? And so I really thought it was unfair that people were counting how bad he looked against him. And look, he wasn't amazing, but he was fairly solid as a running back too this year. It's not old David Johnson, I know, but that's not what you were paying for him. He returned solid points for you this season. And then we talked about Saquon and how he actually... The Giants did a good job of letting him come back last year. And, of course, that was kind of moot point because he got injured this year. Hopefully, however, what we saw of his good recovery last season from a lesser injury, of course, hopefully that was a sign that he can bounce back from this knee injury for 2021. All right, episode 71 I had friend Justin in, and we fought over Philip Rivers. Where is he going to go? This was off season. We don't know what's going to happen with him. And I said the Colts are going to sign him. And Philip, uh, I mean uh, Justin, being a Colts fan, said no, no, no. I was right. So that's the highlight for there. Sorry, Justin. Um, I, I think he gave them everything I expected him. To give them, I didn't think he would actually be able to take them to the Super Bowl, but I did think that he was going to be uh, give them a better chance of winning than Brissett, and I think that showed out. I think you still saw his limitations. Um, the team did struggle here and there, but as a whole, I think it pretty much was what I expected it to be. They were a winning team. They got in the playoffs. That's about the best you could have hoped for with Rivers. Um, episode 72 talked about trade calculators. This was a really interesting one, and this is a little bit of an evergreen. Now at the end, I did go through some examples that maybe don't pan out anymore, but the idea of, of what to get out of a trade calculator, if you're going to use it, and then what to be aware of that you don't fall into the traps of, of using a, or letting a calculator's value make you second guess your own. Uh, and so on, things like that. So we talked about that. And then running backs, episode 73, talked about the stats that I like to focus on. Even even that, um, especially for rookies, continued to evolve over the course of last offseason. And by the time we got to the NFL draft in 
April and then into May. I was really happy with where my ranks were at, where my evaluations were at, particularly running backs. And as we go into it again this year, I feel like I have a head start that I can almost just pull up my old things from last year. I'm not rebuilding too much. And I'm really looking forward to digging into this year's rookies and applying what I learned because I think, I think that my process gives me an advantage over everyone else, particularly with this whole COVID season, right? Because I'm going to be able to look at and evaluate things that don't require me to view the film to be familiar with their film. And I know I look and and take film into consideration, but sometimes it can be deceiving. Also, if COVID shuts down the combine or limits the combine or anything like that, imagine if we don't have a combine. Guess what, guys? I'll be fine. My model will be just fine. And a lot of people, if they're relying on the combine, I think that was hurting them actually. And so if they're if they're at a loss of what to do without it now, again, I think that puts my process at an advantage. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully we have a combine. Just it's just fun. It's just good. I, I do ha- in, incorporate some of those metrics into my model. I just don't have to. And it doesn't change it much. And then actually after the NFL draft, I drop it out. I don't even use the combine measurements in my model after the NFL draft because it's essentially it's essentially double counting it. Because the NFL teams have already they used the combine to help them decide who to take and where. And so to use their draft capital and combine stats is kind of double counting it. Now, is it also double counting all their college stats because teams took into account all the college stats. Yes, but I'd rather double count that than, you know, underwear Olympics. All right, episodes 40, uh, 74 and 75, I had clock dodgers on. We talked about the free agency. We had a lot of fun. Um, one of my biggest takeaways here was I nailed my Tom Brady prediction for 2020. I said that he was going to repeat his really good 2017 season with like 30 something touchdowns he actually got 40 so he had an even better season he was almost as good as his 2015 season um so yeah that that i'm happy with that take there was a lot of other takes in there that's not as relevant because it was before we knew where a lot of people went now in episode 76 i talked about potential landing spots for the rookie running backs and I continue to update that as the offseason goes on all the way up to the NFL draft and we know where the where the rookies go. Um, but looking back at it, I'm pretty happy with how this whole running back landing spot matrix went again. I did this first 2019. I did it now 2020. And it, I really like it. It really is useful. It helped me identify good situations for running backs, whether or not that team drafted one. But I did have the Colts as like my, what, sixth, seventh highest than the Lions, right? So I had a lot of these teams. Chiefs were third. Um, As far as 
value score, not most likely. This isn't a most likely list. Uh, this is how valuable would it be if a running back goes there, right? And uh, I had Buccaneers as the one, but then, you know, they traded for Fournette. That kind of, they, they didn't go after a rookie. So there was a few things there that kind of shook things up a little bit. We'll see. I'll do this again soon, very soon, because I'll want to know and have it ready. Then I'll edit it, update it as free agency happens. But it'll be interesting to keep an eye on which teams there's going to be. Look, at the Falcons have been near the top of this list for a couple seasons now. They probably will again, right? The The Rams were up at the top of the list. They were second in in my score last year. And they got Akers. And as you all know, I like Akers. We'll talk about him a little bit. But I think he's going to fill that need. They'll be down that list a lot. Uh, not... Not at second, that's for sure. So that was running backs, uh, landing spots, and then episode 77 and 78. I had Peter Howard on. We had a lot of interesting discussions. The first half of that is a lot of evergreen. I mean, there's the spreadsheet talk, which you can skip over if you're not interested, but there's even a lot of talk in there about what college stats and metrics we find are actually sticky and to use for trying to rank rookie wide receivers and so on. And in the second part, we got more into individual players. And that was actually where I uh, brought up the whole idea of, well, would you want, do you want Zeke in 2020? Or do you want a young Zeke, but you don't know where he's going to go, right? You don't know he's going to go to Dallas and isn't going to Dallas in this case, right? Who do you want? Do you want the established Zeke going into 2020? Or do you want young rookie Zeke, but we don't know what team he's going to go to? And uh, this is a really interesting topic. And I've been trying to think about how to get into it. Maybe I'll cover it in more detail in a podcast episode in the future. But I, I kept coming back to this idea of J Jonathan Taylor, JT. Sorry, I call him JT. Jonathan Taylor. I kept coming back to it in all my evaluations that he's just, he was basically like a Ezekiel Elliott prospect to me. Wasn't quite to the level of Saquon Barkley, but then, or, or Christian McCaffrey in the receiving, right? But when it came to running back, he, and athleticism, he was just another Zeke to me. And I was having a lot of pushback whenever I tried bringing that up because people were like, no, he's not Zeke. Come on. And I was like, well, why not? Why isn't he? And, uh, well, we've seen it now in most people's rankings. And a lot of people have Jonathan Taylor ahead of Zeke now. And of course he finished ahead of Zeke in fantasy points. Part of that, of course, was Dak getting injured and the Cowboys offense falling apart. But, even then, even then, I don't think uh, I don't think Zeke has the big plays in him anymore. He's still a solid running back. I mean, we're talking about a guy who can go out there and you know get his 20, 25 carries. He's still durable. He's still solid. He can still get the tough yards. 
but he's not breaking those 20, 30, 40-yard plays anymore. He just isn't. Tony Pollard has more big plays over the past two seasons than Zeke Elliott. It's one more, but I don't care. It's Tony Pollard. And this used to be the thing that Elliott did in his first three seasons. But hes I don't know if he's slowing down. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was never his thing. And so as soon as he's lost even just a tiny bit, he can't do it. He gets he gets tracked down, caught from behind. I don't know. I just know what the numbers tell me. And he hasn't done it. He looks decent at the beginning of both these last two seasons. But by October, he is back to being just a grinder. And yeah, he can catch some balls. He's been more involved. Bailed him out in 2019. So we didn't see it as much. It it bailed him out. That offensive success and his receiving involvement bailed him out in 2019. And so we didn't, we overlooked, and I even brought it up, but I overlooked it. I don't say we, I, I overlooked the fact that he had no big plays for three months in 2019. And I looked past it. But come October 2020, if you had Zeke on your team, it was a blah start. It's eh, running back two. Definition of running back two. Right? Consistent, but not great. Meanwhile, who's putting up big runs? It's the Derrick Henrys and the Nick Chubbs, right? Alvin Kamara in the receiving game. Um, even And then right at the end of the season... What do we see? We see Jonathan Taylor all of a sudden breaking off big plays. It's clicked. He's got it. And now he starts, he's getting loose. He's getting free. He's able to just run, run hard. He's not in his head about it. He's breaking those big runs that we see all the time out of these running backs. That's the key more and more. I'm digging into this and I'm going to, I'm going to have it in a podcast to present with more evidence but the there is something to the big plays, to the the big runs. Playmakers make plays. Real running backs have big runs. Um, and everyone else is expendable, replaceable. They don't matter, right? Unless unless they're truly just a receiving back. But you know, then they only matter a little bit because that can be replaced by a wide receiver. So that's why Jonathan Taylor to me was so special. Why I was on him. And yeah, obviously everyone loved him coming into the season, but still no, there weren't as many people saying you should trade a Zeke for Jonathan for the one one plus something. That's what I was saying. Absolutely do that. And I was getting pushed back and people were like, no, Zeke's still the sure thing. We don't know. No, to me, Jay, Jonathan Taylor was a sure thing. At least as sure of a sure thing as Ezekiel Elliott is. And that is kind of another topic that we want to dig into maybe. This whole veteran certainty gets overrated, especially, I think, in the next, well, first off, the past couple seasons. And then going forward, these college players are coming in. They're more involved. We just saw a a rookie, you know, Justin Jefferson being a wide receiver one. And you're you're telling me 
I'm supposed to believe in Ola B.C. Johnson or something because he's a veteran and he's proven. No, I am going to lean towards potential more going forward, at least when it's a talented player like Jonathan Taylor, like Justin Jefferson, and so on. I'm going to lean into the talent. When it gets into later rounds and uncertainty, okay, I'll take this, the, the veteran, at least I've seen it kind of thing. But I'm not going to over value the veterans because and i know every season it's not going to be like this not every season we're going to have uh whoever the equivalent is at that times jonathan i mean uh, uh michael thomas's and christian mccaffrey's and uh who else went out we're not going to have those guys saquons right we're not going to have those guys going out every season you're not going to be losing your number one at each position every season i understand this is a particularly bad year just at the top. But that said, it's just a gentle, not so gentle reminder to not overestimate and to get overconfident in the quote unquote proven potential of a veteran. That's all. All right. After Peter Howard, I had three little mini podcasts and i don't even have them numbered with the rest of my episodes i just called them minisodes or something like that and i wanted to hit on some of the rookies and i really only got to my three running backs my top three running backs jonathan taylor deandre swift cam Akers. and i wish i'd just left it at that first off because that was how i felt very strongly the whole time through um, but then when Clyde Edwards went to, uh, once he went to Kansas City, and then once Damian Williams decided to sit out the season, that kind of changed things a little bit. But as far as around the, the NFL draft time, it's been JT, Swift, and Akers for me. And... I'm very happy with that, obviously. Now, we we should have James Robinson in there, and we're going to talk about it when we get into rookies this year about how and why James Robinson was showing up in the top five of some of my my models, and I I let draft capital completely knock him out because he didn't have any draft capital, right? Um, I need to address that. Maybe fade the draft capital a little bit this year. Um, at the same time, because I had seen him up there, I was more open to being an early adopter of James Robinson. As we've seen, I, I called it, uh, before it was announced he'd be the starter, before all that, on my first Next Week Tonight episode, I said, go get James Robinson right now, and I paid up for him in Scott Fishbowl. People thought it was crazy, you're paying $53, of $100, a fab, right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, I am. And it's the only reason I did anywhere close to because I did, I, which was a pitiful 7-5 and five Scott Fishbowl team. the One of the worst 7-win, seven 7-5 seven teams you'll see. But because I had Zeke and Ertz, yeah, it wasn't great. But shining spot was the undrafted James Robinson. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, Swift, Akers, these were three really interesting. They're only like 10 minutes. I... My idea with this was to just evaluate, to to summarize what I've seen, 
not a lot of stats in those episodes. I'm mostly just talking about the player and what I see them being. And I'm really happy. I went back and listened to those this week. I was really happy with um, how that turned out. Really happy with the result. And uh, it was good advice. I'm not saying that because it was me. I'm just saying because I look back, I listened to it, and it turned out to be right. There's plenty of other times. It's not going to be good advice. It was in that case. So happy with how that came out. Episode 79 had uh, Dan Williamson in. We talked about best balls, uh, best ball leagues, and how to go about it. So there's actually a good bit of green uh, evergreen there in that episode. We don't talk about a lot of specific players, maybe as examples, but nothing as far as application of things to do this season. A lot of theory and a lot of very useful information if you uh, are new to best ball leagues, if you uh, just want a refresher, doesn't matter. Dan Williamson, one of the best. Go check that out, episode 79. Then episode 80, I had the Dynasty Theory guys in, and we talked startups because, oh my goodness, does John Bauer love his startups? All those guys do. But uh, And so there was no one better to talk to. All kinds of evergreen material there as well. Episode 80, if you're getting ready for your startup leagues, go listen to that episode. It's fantastic, guys. One of my, my, one of my favorites from this past year. Absolutely. Um, then in episode 71, I talked about my rookie ranks, kind of a first pass. Episode 70, uh, 82, I talked about kind of the later round of rookies that I was targeting. I'm not really going to dig into the rookie stuff right now. I'm going to save that for when I dig into this season's rookies. And as I evaluate what I did particularly for last year's, um, there were some hits there. There were some big misses, but nothing more than what I've talked about. Like I said, I'm really happy with how the running backs turned out. Um, very similar to how I kind of projected even with Swift scoring a lot of points. But also um, also the receivers. I did have Justin Jefferson as my number three wide receiver. Rager obviously didn't work out. We'll see if that was injury. I don't like using injury excuse for rookie, even rookie receivers. I know you say, well, it's an injury. But still, it's lost time and opportunity for them to develop. And it's just not a good sign. But we'll see if Rager can do something uh, more. He had, he he showed up a little bit. We'll see. Justin Jefferson didn't really show up for a few weeks either. If you look back, um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Lamb was an absolute stud. So Jefferson and Lamb really definitely deserved to be one and two respectively. Um, I I was fading Judy a little bit, and I mean he was fourth, so you call it fading, but. For all the reasons I was a little worried about him, he it panned out. Everything I was kind of worried about him for, he's, he's a good receiver, don't get me wrong. He's a good, solid receiver. I just fear what that's going to look like when Sutton returns and who knows with that quarterback situation. He's And he didn't necessarily capitalize on the opportunity as much as some. So... Everything I was worried about him 
and his production metrics and everything from college. And same thing that goes for the next guy after that, Henry Ruggs, right? All those doubts we saw in 2020, exactly why I had those doubts. So uh, maybe they still can develop and become something, but they belonged after those other guys, Jefferson Lamb, for sure. Episode 83, I had Josh Crocker on. We talked about auction startups. This was another fun one. Uh, if you have if you have the opportunity, first of all, absolutely get an auction. One of my favorite leagues last year, one of my best leagues last year, was an auction startup. Uh, I had a lot of fun in them, and I'm definitely going to be doing another one this year, at least one, because I, I learned a few things from... I, I did the startup, and I also did a, a, a charity just redraft that was an auction. But I had a lot of I learned a lot from those, and I had a lot of fun. Um, came up with particularly doing a slow draft on myfantasyleague.com. I came up with some pretty evil strategies, but they work and work really well. So we'll we'll have to develop that and see if I can make it pay off again and come up with another great team like I did last year out of a out of an auction. Then I had Clock Dodgers, Neil from Clock Dodgers on again. This was a much more fun episode. Uh, we did an agree to disagree. We hit on a bunch of topics. I I cannot remember exactly right now because if you don't know, agree to disagree, the way it works is we literally flip a coin to figure out who's going to take which side of an argument. And sometimes you end up having to argue for the side that you don't even believe in yourself, right? Um, and so there was a couple of times that happened with Neil that it was he, a lot of fun. And we had some good takes, I think. We had some good discussion, obviously because it was a debate you didn't really get an answer. But I think we usually shared what we really did think at the end of each one. And Josh Jacobs was one where I really thought that he's going to be have a hard time getting in the top 12 without those receptions. And sure enough, in 2020, that's what happened, running back 14, right? Um, I was really kind of questioning Henry Ruggs. We mentioned that. Jonathan Taylor, I was super high on. We talked about that. We were both on Jarek McKinnon doing something in 2020. We're being fantasy relevant. And look, we both understood that time has passed for him to be some big running back uh, playmaker. Obviously, you could see, especially after the first half of the season, they started leaning more on Jeff Wilson, the younger guy. I don't know how much Jarek McKinnon was getting run down. I, I don't know. All I know is I was able to start Jerick McKinnon for several weeks. And then I told you to trade him before, by the way, before he started disappearing again. Um, that's all I had hoped for out of Jerick McKinnon. And we got it. We we saw a little bit of the old Jerick McKinnon and I was able to cash out on some of that, uh, that uh, investment for cheap. And I'm happy. We talked about Galladay and Godwin. Uh, obviously, Galladay basically didn't play most of the season. Real disappointment. And then also in here was one of my worst takes of the year, Calvin Ridley um, being a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah, 
yeah, my bad, guys. Um, that's one I'll have to definitely learn from. And I'm looking at the time here. Yeah, we'll dig into it just a little bit here. Um, a little bit along the lines of what I was talking about for running backs and bit, you know, big time running backs make big plays, big runs. I need to make sure that I don't get consumed too much by the market shares and things like that when it comes to rookie wide receivers and need to just see if they make big plays. And that can come in the form of big yardage. It can come in the form of touchdowns. It can it, a lot of different things. And I'm going to have to make sure that I keep an eye out for that. At the same time, I'm not going to make that the be-all, end-all. And I'm going to make it proportionate to, to their big plays and draft capital and so on. F for example, a few years back, we had Mike Williams with a crazy touchdown year. Now, I'm not going to just overvalue just touchdowns, but it was probably a good guess after that to say, well, his touchdowns are going to go down, but he's probably going to get better usage because he's earned it, because he's a playmaker. And that's what happened the next year. He got a lot more receptions and targets, not as many t touchdowns. So it's just, especially with rookie kind of wide receivers, you want them just you want to see him making plays. We saw it with AJ Brown, right? You you know it right away, guys. Justin Jefferson, right? DK Metcalf last year. Um, and then of course we already we already mentioned uh Calvin Ridley. He comes in the league as a rookie and he's getting these slants and he's running them and he's getting these touchdowns and he's just he's in the right place, making plays. And I should have uh not discounted that just because um, it wasn't consistent or I, I I didn't like what I saw with Julio being there. Uh, but look, Julio is not going to always be there. And that's kind of ties back to what we talked about Zeke and, and certainty, uncertainty. You know, things change. We got to be able to move on. So Calvin Ridley, my bad. He's definitely a wide receiver one. He really is. I can't hate it. All right, so episode 85, we had a couple fake football fights in here. First, I had Mitch Sorensen from Dynasty Theory, the same guys I had for the startup. Um, and we fought over Akers or Keyshawn Vaughn. And I will just, I will never stop rubbing this in to Mitch. I'm not sorry. Not sorry. I still like Vaughn. I think he could actually do something, step up going into his second year. We'll we'll see how much um, they really do or don't like Ronald Jones. I think this will be kind of the deciding year. But anyway, I had, had Akers ahead. And Akers, look, he had an injury. He didn't look so great at the beginning of the season. But I was kind of irritated even. At that point, I was irritated at the end of the season when he, he flashed because at that point I was like, Oh, come on. I was still on, in on you. And you could have been a value next year. But now everyone's high on him again. And it's right back to where it would have been if he had had a good season for the whole season. So that's just how it works. Um, episode 86, I had Frank Amarante on to talk uh, to debate about Austin Eckler. So we had a fake football fight about what will happen Austin Eckler. 
And I don't think either of us win because of the injury. I do think Eckler proved that even when Taylor was in there, that uh, he could be the starting running back and produce. Uh, in fact, he was not nearly as involved in the passing game because that's what, what Joshua Kelly came out of nowhere and was doing, uh, which, by the way, landing spot matrix did did predict that the Chargers would want a grinder compliment to Eckler. Uh, but he kind of disappeared even even when Eckler got hurt. They tried using him and then they even ended up with Kalen Balazs. So I'm not so sure what to think about Josh Kelly. But all that aside, when Eckler was healthy and playing, he was everything I hoped. But again, Justin Jefferson was part of that as well. But I'm going to give myself a little bit of an edge. I'm not going to call it a win, but because I was saying that I thought Justin Jefferson would be in sooner rather than later and that that would help Eckler. So I did kind of call that part of it uh, regardless of the injury. So that's why I think I was a little bit more right. Of course I do. Episodes 87 and 88 were Scott Fish Bowl uh, mock drafts. But then in episode 89, I kind of talked a little bit about how this was an interesting topic about how we should take, you know, these these things seriously. Mock drafts, real drafts, uh, Scott Fishbowl. You know, if you're a part of something like Scott Fishbowl, take it seriously. Show up, make your picks. Don't don't time out, you know, things like that, where I was talking about how taking uh, fun serious is actually fun. You know, kids, when they're playing, they are very serious and they're having fun. And I think sometimes we mistakenly equate um, not caring or just being nonchalant as fun. When when you're playing a game, you know, we're serious about it. So be serious. And so it's just a reminder, if you're going to commit to doing something, it's more fun when everyone's involved and in taking it serious doesn't mean you can't joke and have fun along the way. Please do keep it lighthearted, but keep it serious as far as your intention, uh, intention and attention. Keep it serious uh, or, or don't do it because you're not you're, you're doing a disservice to everyone else around you. I think in that pod, I reiterated my Calvin Ridley hate. Yes, I did. That's not good. Uh, and then this was also the beginnings of the Fusion Flex. So if you didn't hear, the Fusion Flex was a charity I did, a charity league with a modified Scott Fishbowl scoring. We did a whole uh, league of it. John Byrne, congratulations. You were the winner. I pulled out third, which is completely meaningless in a charity league. Um, uh, and hopefully we'll get some fun photos of the humorous trophy I was able to get him, but keep it out for next year. Going to be running those again. Uh, there's a lot of videos on YouTube that I've done talking about the league, just to the league mates, but for anyone that's interested, they're there. And they'll probably be useful for anyone who gets into it next year. I'd love to do at least one more um league if not expand it to two or three 
whatever I can fill for charity. Um, last year we did it all for uh, Break from the Grind. That's a George BFT Pod BFTG Pod guys um, for Toys for Tots. That's the charity, and they personally go out and get all the toys at uh, Target, I believe, because Target was working with them. That that's why I bring it. It's not, hey Target, you want to sponsor me? No, um, because credit to them. Their, their local target was doing a really good job of coordinating with them. And so I, that's why I, th- I think it deserves credit and mention. Um, but anyway, so that's something to keep an eye out if you want to be involved. Or, look, if you don't want to be involved and you want to be in a normal league, they, lo- they run a lot of other charity leagues of various styles. And most of those have actual um, some kind of prize that's a – signed an autographed uh, jersey or helmet or a ball or something like that. They'll actually have prizes. So that's a chance to, to actually win something, but also donate to a good cause. So keep an ear out on those. They start kicking up uh, pretty much right after the NFL draft, as far as I'm aware, May, June. So keep an eye out and an ear out, I should say, for that. So moving on, sorry. Episode 90, I had John Hogue on, uh, the Superflex dude for two. We kind of split it up. It was too long for just one episode. A lot of great stuff in this one, guys. Had a lot of fun talking to John. Uh, all those guys, uh, John Hogue, um, my old friends, uh, Swag, Shane Swagger from Superflex. Um, I, I can only remember now which Superflex is it. Anyway, they've all kind of like come together to form one like super team of Superflex, Superflex City. Also our friend uh, Jake, uh, Jake the Snake, right? So he's also in there. So a lot of great stuff. So check those guys out if you're listening, uh, interested in specific Superflex uh, content. A lot of good stuff with that. Uh, I think the overall kind of group name is Superflex City. But um, the individual podcasts and everything are still out there, but they kind of collaborate under that umbrella. I, I think that's how I understood it, at least. Anyway, I hope I didn't get it wrong. Check those guys out. Then once we got to episode 92, we started getting into my singularity. And then 93, my draft ranks. 94 was my my just brain dump of projections of all 32 teams in like 102 minutes or something like that, right? Um, but a couple of the episodes I wanted to hit here as we hit, uh, getting a little long here, but the names up my sleeve and then costly mistakes were two of the last episodes I did right before we started up next week tonight for 2020 regular season in season podcast. But these were two, um, episodes that were really important, I think. And these were these were players that I thought uh, I found them as values through my singularity projections versus their ADP, and I called them kind of names up your sleeve that you could consistently get um, in later rounds. So you could go after other players first, but then still get these guys who I think are just as good as some of the ones that were being taken earlier. So I wanted to hit on some of these. Uh, of course, I had Allen Robinson pretty high. He actually didn't finish quite that high, but um, I, I'm still pretty happy with that. DJ Moore, he didn't turn out to be nearly as good this season. I still like him for Dynasty. 
So those ones, the cheap number ones, didn't work out so great, at least for receivers. I had Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. They gave you some solid weeks, but if you paid up for them, hopefully you didn't, then you would be hurting. But if you got them at a value, it wasn't so bad. Now, the borderline wide receiver ones I had here that you can get for wide receiver two prices nailed these because it's A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen. You know, and they were all going a good six, like around six picks, um, or I should say six ADP later than what I was projecting their positional rank to be. A.J. Brown, I had him around wide receiver 10. I think that was pretty close. I'm pretty close on all three of these guys for my projections. And so all three came out above their ADP. Uh, really happy with those guys. So if you had any one of those on your team at a good value, they were helping you win this season, plain and simple. At some disrespected guys, um, Debo Samuel and Edelman kind of got derailed by injury. But Jarvis Landry had in here wide receiver 17, and he was being taken as the 31. Uh, I don't think he actually finished 17. He was actually finished in the 30s, if I recall. But much of that was because of his like first half of the season, cumulative stats, right? Um, his second half per games were really good. He was definitely helping you get into and win in the playoffs. So hopefully you were able to get there without him, at least for the first half of the season, and he would have paid off. And then episode 96, the last episode before the regular season uh, stuff, and it was costly mistakes, as I called it. And these were players I was trying to tell you to stay away from. Let's talk about them, guys. You ready? Fade Josh Jacobs. Now, notice I said don't. I didn't say not to draft him. I just said fade him from his running back 10 kind of position. Um, that looked really bad at the beginning of the season. But by midseason, it made a whole lot more sense. Um I don't think it's all Josh Jacobs' fault either. I've said this before. I think a lot of it is the team's fault. They're so inconsistent that he should have good games against these bad teams, but the 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 Raiders play down to the bad team's level, and so he's not able to just you know grind out and have a good game. Instead, they're having to throw and you know pull off these crazy passes just to beat the Jets, right? You, you can't run out a lead as Josh Jacobs and rack up the stats and the points if, you know, you're almost losing to the Jets. It doesn't work. And so uh, I do still like the running back, Josh Jacobs. He is one of these running backs that has some pretty good, um, like, big run rate kind of thing. But his situation is still not good. I wish he was more involved in the passing game. He got a little bit more involved this year. Let's see if that continues. Maybe he can have like a Ezekiel Elliott third year season uh, jump up in the receiving game. I'd love to see it. Next, I told you Ronald Jones, stay away. And at times this doesn't look good, but he was so inconsistent and and then disappeared in the season and, and so on, that he probably didn't really help you win anything. And I'm pretty sure that's what I said, actually, that he was going to have decent points but not be someone you wanted to rely on and not help you win. And so 
don't waste the pick. Pretty sure that's almost exactly what I said. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to... Just because you had some good games, some points, I'm not going to... I'm not going to go backwards on my Ronald Jones is a bust take. Not yet. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, stay away. He had some half-decent um, games, especially in the second half as you know, Big Ben came back a little bit. All right. Uh, Madison, I was saying, look, he's not Dalvin Cook. I'm sorry, even if Dalvin Cook goes down, Alexander Madison is not Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I said don't pay up for a handcuff. I hope you didn't. Wasn't worth it. Now, we could, you could say just got lucky that Cook was healthy most of the season, so they you didn't need him. Yeah, okay, sure. In the games that Cook was injured, Madison still wasn't doing great. So, carry on. I said stay away because of Swift. James Connor. I said uh, he's he's a health risk. He just is. Devin Singletary. I said. I just don't like him as the lead back. Plus, he's got Moss there now. I didn't like Moss either. Hilton, T.Y. Hilton, I said he's not going to mix well with River style. Now, in the second half, they figured it out. River, if you look, T.Y. Hilton was playing like a Keenan Allen kind of role. And that's when he was having those great games. It was no longer Andrew Luck's T.Y. Hilton big plays. No, 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 no. This was... New and improved, uh, not even improved, just adapted T.Y. Hilton, specifically tailored now for Phillip Rivers. And yeah, he actually was having some really good games in the second half when we were ready to just drop him in the first half. But that first half would have killed you if you paid up for him. Glad you didn't. Mostert, I had my questions about him. I thought he was, I'm not supposed to say this term, but injury prone. Um just not worth the investment for the certainty or uncertainty. AJ Green, I said, stay away. Obvious reasons. Just it, didn't, it boggled me that people were trying to get back in on AJ Green. It boggled me. Uh, Hunter Henry and any of those other six to ten ADP uh, tight ends like Higby uh, and Hurst uh, nailed those guys. This whole list. And this comes from this comes from uh, JJ Zacharyson late round podcast. The idea of not uh, don't pick a pool of players that's like twenty percent of the pool, and just and only draft those guys. Don't do that. Instead, pick twenty percent that you're fading, that you're not going to be take, and leave yourself open to the other eighty still within your ranks and so on, but. Be open to more players rather than less. Be very specific about the ones you're going to avoid. I had very good reasons for avoiding every single one of these and every single one of these guys. There's not a player on this list that I was wrong about. I don't know how I did that, to be honest. I really don't. All I can say is from following a process... And it just takes a few little things to derail any one season, right? And so when there's just a confluence of different factors that could derail a player stacking up for one player, the odds are more for that player than others that it's going to get derailed. 
And so that was Connor, right? That was Juju. That was AJ Green and so on. So just take it for what it is. I'm going to do this again next season. Hopefully every single one is right again. But uh, there you go. That's probably my biggest victory lap of the offseason was this episode because I even said at the beginning that the, like this is the most important one. Yeah, the the episode before where I hit on the the names up your sleeve kind of value ADP people, that's nice. That's 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 great. It can help you. Like uh, the Keenans and the Lockets and the AJ Browns. Yeah, that can help you. But these can sink you. And I said at the beginning of the episode that this is most important. More important than getting the right guys is avoiding the wrong guys. And if you followed this list, you avoided it. So that's going to be my biggest victory lap for the offseason when it comes to these guys. Okay, wow, guys, that was, what, 26 episodes in uh, 50 minutes or something like that? I mean, obviously, we didn't cover everything in them. Uh, I did want to recap real quick. As far as the evergreen ones, if you want to go back and listen to last year's episode 72, the trade calculators, that's going to be relevant throughout offseason. 77 and 78, but mostly in 77 with Peter Howard. Uh, that was a lot more evergreen stuff, talking rookies, particularly rookie wide receiver evaluations, what stats are sticky. Then episode 79, uh, we talked about best balls. I had Dan Williamson on. A lot of evergreen theory there. And then nothing but evergreen theory, episode 80, with the Dynasty Theory guys talking about startup drafts. And then similarly, episode 83, at Josh Crocker on talking about auction startup drafts or startup auctions and some strategies for those. So those would all be pretty evergreen things. If that's something that you're interested in or you're you're dealing with right now, whether it's trade calculators, rookies, best balls, startups, or auctions, you got a pretty wide range there. Go hit up those and listen to them. I guarantee you, especially those ones with Dynasty Theory, Dan Williamson, and Crocker, and and Howard. Basically, all the ones with a guest and not just me. So, yeah, <laughs> those ones have really good information that will definitely still be relevant. Um, not as much maybe process talk this one as I had initially kind of hoped, but I think we hit on a lot of this stuff. I, I kind of had the idea of going over the episodes one by one to try as a kind of a structure here to hit them, but I'm pretty happy with how that came out. Um, still talked about some of my lows. Uh, I didn't dig into, you know, singularity projections. Where did I project right or wrong? Um, here's, here's the thing. All my projections are wrong, guys. They're all wrong. I have some that were pretty close. Like like Matt Ryan, oddly enough, was really, really close. But not exactly right. None of them are right. They're just projections. We'll talk about that as we get into projections, but just remember how projections work. Again, I talked with the Toilets Titles guys about projections, and I did kind of evaluate the singularity along, to, along the way at the same time. And it, and it came out pretty well. I'm really happy with it. I think it uh, will come out 
the, the singularities projections will generally come out better with a little bit of a a group of humans mixed in together with it. And that's what we saw with the Toilet Titles guys. There were the combination ranks were so much better than any one of us so many times. We were moderating each other, not letting each other get too far off, get too crazy. And it came out really well when you considered everyone together. So that's uh, an interesting kind of point to remember. That is something I try and do here all by myself. I sound strange. Um, a lot of my takes are incorporating a lot of different perspectives already. So they're kind of not really just my takes. They are, but I'm incorporating a lot of information and things in with them. And I'm usually trying to tell you that as well when there's other perspectives or points that may not even be may not even be what I land on that I agree with myself. But if it's valid and it's good information, I try to still share it along 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 with it at the same time. And so that's something that I think has has helped me come up with some pretty good takes. I don't have crazy takes then, obviously. You know, I'm not I'm not the guy who's way on on a limb for anyone, but at the same time, um just like that costly mistakes episode, hopefully you're missing on the guys that are going to hurt you the most as well. All right, guys, before we get an hour, I'm going to say goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any medical related questions, uh, if, if it works out as planned, I'm having a kind of an injury expert doctor on the podcast to talk about uh, a number of different things, but particularly if you have players that you're concerned about or players you want to know that they are fine going into next season, things like that. Any medical questions, this is the place. I've already talked about this, guys. This is the place to get your questions asked. You don't go to fancy footballers and try to get your question asked because they're huge. Me? I get a question, you better bet it's getting on the show sheet. Just make it a good question, please. All right? Anything to do with medical, whatever. Thanks, guys. See you next week, same time, hopefully. And if all works out here in the next week or two, we'll have that episode. So you you have, let's say, a week to give me those questions. All right, guys. See you next time.